And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Hello and welcome to Chewing the Fat. Happy Monday. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. If you're listening live on the 28th of September, 2020, nice to have you along for the ride. Sure, we've got stacks and stacks of fat, piles of fat, well, you know, loads of stories that uh, have happened from uh, the last two or three days. But I wanted to start with uh, your welcome. Uh, a while ago, remember the email we got where that was sent on behalf of Chewing the Fat and Rusty apologized for sending the email because it was to Brahms and he was upset that they were not using Heinz ketchup anymore. And he used Chewing the Fat and Jeff Fisher as a, uh, as a point to be made to Brahms saying, get back to Heinz. Well, uh, this is an email I received from Rusty with a picture of a Heinz ketchup packet. This is the email. I'm just reading you the email now. Okay. Uh, I think in today's society, the word hero is used too often. In this case, however, calling you Jeffy, a hero is 100% justified. I was the one who used your chewing the fat podcast power to call upon Brahms about their terrible French ketchup. I knew using your name was wrong, but I was desperate. And I will say this as a side note, I'm going to continue the email in a moment. You were wrong, but on behalf of, you know, I'm a Heinz ketchup police officer and I know that you were in, in trouble, you were hurting and you need to do that. So, you know, I kind of overlooked it, uh, even when we talked about it before Brahms has realized their mistake and have returned to the Heinz ketchup they were originally using. Again, you're welcome. The power of this podcast, of this audience, does not tread lightly in the world. And Brahms knows it. Brahms knows it. When the footprint of chewing the fat comes down on you, you're back to Heinz ketchup. So he does ask a question uh, in the email. Uh, when was the last time that, uh, you know, he uses two names? Glenn Beck and Stu uh, has made an impact like this. I would like to say I don't recall. I mean, is it possible? Sure. I, I just I just don't recall. Anyway, on behalf of those of you that are eating at Brahms now that were upset over the French's ketchup, you're welcome. They went back to Heinz and it's all because of, well, I'd like to say it's because of you, but really it's because of, well, me. And this show, of course, Chewing the Fat. <laughs> and of course, by this show, Chewing the Fat, that means you. You know that. My gosh. Anyway, you know, you're welcome. Hey, did you know that our brains are not designed to remember pain accurately? It's true. It's kind of a biological defense mechanism that allows us to live better lives. Now, it helps mothers be willing to undergo childbirth more than once. It's what keeps you from remembering with agonizing clarity. That time you fell out of the tree and broke your leg. Or, you know, that time when you tripped and fell in the driveway. Or the time you crashed your bike into the gravel, stuff like that. You know, eh, little things like that. The best thing about pain, uh, you know, aside from learning uh, from it, is uh, when it goes away, duh. 
But for many of us, it doesn't go away. Uh, For many of us, pain is a daily thing, a constant reminder that life can be really hard. And if you're suffering from chronic pain, what price, here's a question for you, what price would you put on making that pain go away? I know, I know, almost anything, right? Well, uh, what price would you pay for making it go away for a loved one? Again, almost anything. Well, I've got a deal for you. $19.95 for a three-week quick start. Huh? How's that sound? I know. Relief factor. Relief factor. Get a three-week quick start for $19.95. 70% of the people who take it go on to order more. And I am in that 70% for sure. Get started with your three-week quick start for only $19.95. It was designed by doctors. It's not a drug. Relief Factor, it could help you get your life back. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. That's relieffactor.com or 800-500-8384. Well, 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 I want to thank everyone who sent me an email to remind me about what happened at the Crater of Diamonds State Park in Arkansas on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> I stopped counting after three. But they kept coming, and I got uh, I got Twitter mentions with the story. Thank you, I appreciate it. It's agonizing, and it's just an example of how this park has us all fooled. The Crater of Diamond State Park in Arkansas. It's one of the Arkansas state parks, and we've talked about it before here and on other shows. And I don't believe that there's a diamond in this park, but ever so often, someone finds a diamond. And someone finds a masterful diamond. So a bank manager, who must be the guy that makes loans to the park, must be the park manager needed a a house loan, uh, must be things are getting back to, uh, they want people to come to the park. You know, they've been in lockdown. It's got the COVID lockdown. We have people aren't going to the state parks. So we've got to get people out to the park. What happens? He finds a nine, over a nine carat diamond. (laughs) That's the second, according to this, it's the second largest diamond in the 48 year history of Crater of Diamond State Park. Now he gives the story and according to what they tell you, he was there at a perfect time, right? You're supposed to go after it rained and after they've plowed. It's supposed to rain big time, and then they're supposed to have plowed. So you're going through. And that's exactly what happened, right? It was after Laura went through, and uh, they had just plowed it. And he said, according to the bank manager, he had uh, been coming there forever. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he just walked around the park. I mean, it's a big park. I mean, just, I mean, it's 37 acres, right? There's, I don't know how much is open to actually, um, you know, search for diamonds. It's not the whole 37 acres, but okay. okay, We'll say it's 37 acres. Maybe the park is bigger than that. I'm sure that the 37 acres is just where they plow because you can camp there and everything else. 
So, and it's a, you know, it's a beautiful place. It's a lovely, lovely place. Crater of Diamond State Park. I just don't believe that I was, you know, I was there. There's no way. I mean, that field, they claim that people find diamonds there every day. No way. I don't believe it. So, and this guy didn't even know what he had. See, that's the problem. He just walked around and started putting stuff in his bag. He wasn't even going to have it. Of course, he was going to have it checked. But I wasn't even going to have it checked. But I was there with my comrades. And we were just, they had theirs checked. So I figured, here, check mine. And when the park checker said, hey, you found a diamond. I was, I almost teared up. I did you. Did you? So... Oh, bank manager, you found an over a nine carat diamond. Here you go. Congratulations. Hey, you know, I need uh I need a bank loan. You think you can help me out? <laughs> they claim that this year at Crater of Diamonds Park, they claim that two hundred and forty six diamonds have been registered at Crater of Diamond State Park. This year. Okay. Okay, I don't want to say that they're making up stories at the Diamond Discovery Center at the Crater of Diamond State Park, but that cannot be true. One thing that is true that I wish wasn't true. There's a man in Maryland who has been sentenced to a year in jail. A year in jail after violating the state's ban on large gatherings during the coronavirus pandemic. A trial without a jury by State District Court Judge W. Lewis Hennessy convicted Sean Marshall Myers of two counts of failure to comply with an emergency order. Charles County State's Attorney Tony Covenant's office said in his news release he also sentenced Myers of Three years probation after his jail term at the Charles County Detention Center. This pisses me off so much. I cannot tell you. Okay, so I get it. I get it. All right. No parties. We're on lockdown. But when you look at this story, it happened in March. I I don't know when governors started locking down the states and doing emergency orders, but I thought it was after the 15-day to flatten the curve plan from President Trump. That started like on the 16th of March to the end of March. right? So all the lockdowns and everything from the emergency orders were happening in June, right? Or maybe at the very end of March. Anyway, um, according to this, it was after Governor Larry Hogan issued an emergency order that prohibited gatherings of more than 10 people during the pandemic. So on March 22nd, the cops are called to his house. I'm sorry, the police officers, the law enforcement officers are called to his house and they found about 50 people at his home. This was on March 22nd. All right. So this is, you know, not long after the 15 days to flatten the curve. Now. According to this, he argued with officers. Well, duh. You're at his house. Tell him to disband a gathering. What's he? Oh, yes, sir. We'll just go right now. Don't don't get me started on that because we're going to go down that road again. I know we're supposed to do what the law enforcement officers tell us to do at the time. I got it. 
So he eventually agreed to disband the party, and he did. All right. But less, according to this story, less than a week later, they responded to a report of a bonfire. So it was outside. And another large party at Meyer's home. Another large party doesn't say how many people. He disregarded their orders to disband it. And <laughs> no, I'm not going to disband it. So now he's thrown in jail for a year. And he's on three years probation. This is agonizing. Agonizing. I get it. Uh, this failure to comply with an emergency order. Now, I will say, had this happened in June, maybe even July, maybe I give you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, we're already, we're arresting people now that uh, we're not, aren't wearing masks in public. We've come down to that, right? But people are still gathering at events we're just careful if you're uh, in the window you wear a mask if you're not in the window you social distance and at times you may wear a mask if you're in a crowd that has people that you're not real sure of you don't know and you wear a mask that should be up to you it's the mandates that drive me insane but getting a year in jail and three years probation for throwing a party at your home? Uh, okay. Something has to, something has to give. And, well, something did give his freedom in Maryland. So nice of them to think of the people and want to flatten the curve. Warning, warning, warning. I probably should have led this show with this. My gosh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is warning about the recommended doses of Benadryl. <laughs> uh, due to the latest TikTok challenge, okay? So you may not know it, but there's a TikTok challenge that is uh, reportedly encouraging viewers to take large doses of the antihistamine to induce hallucinations. I know. <laughs> I know. I know, but the FDA warns that taking higher than recommended doses of the common over-the-counter allergy medicine can lead to serious heart problems, seizures, coma, or even death. Now, they're investigating the reports and conducting a review to determine if additional cases have been reported. They've been made aware of reports involving teens ending up in the emergency room or dying that were participating in the Benadryl challenge. So if you have children that still have TikTok on their phones and they may be seeing some of their TikTokers, fellow TikTokers doing the Benadryl challenge, you may warn them not to do the TikTok Benadryl challenge. And if you do have to warn your children not to do the TikTok Benadryl challenge, perhaps you need to have another long talk with your children because you haven't had a good enough talk in a while. Uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Look, uh, the FDA is going to update the public once they've completed their review uh, and have more information to share. Now they've contacted TikTok. 
And they strongly urge them to remove the videos from their platform and be vigilant to remove additional videos that may be posted. Yeah, you don't want to see stupid people being stupid. Whatever you do, you don't want that to happen for anyone because we want to block everything. Just... I know, I know. It's the times we live in. So I'm just going to take a deep breath and... There, I think I feel better. Okay, I feel better. Now we'll go on to a story that I wanted to be mad about, but it's hard to be mad when you get to the end of it. So, as you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey team playing in the Stanley Cup finals, right? And they're playing against the Dallas Stars. And and I'm a Lightning fan. I love I love the Lightning. I'm not a, I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I appreciate the sport and I love watching it, especially when the Lightning are playing. And the last time they were in the Stanley Cup, I mean, we I was actually working in Tampa Bay. I don't know if I ever told you that. And uh, you know, we'd go to the games. It was awesome. We had so much fun. So they're they're in the uh, they're in the the Stanley Cup Finals, and of course, there's no fans, you know, showing up at the the NHL is playing in a bubble, but uh, there are fans rooting for them. And uh, Devin Garnett in uh, Tampa Bay uh, was cheering for the Lightning, and he's hollering, "Shoot! Shoot!" And apparently, uh, that you can't yell that anymore. This is where I want to be mad. Right, so the neighbors call the police, and the police show up, and he's. They wanted to make sure that uh, you know everything was okay because someone had called and thought that there was a domestic violence dispute because he was yelling "shoot," and it's you know I want to be mad. I want to tell the neighbors, "Hey, uh, screw off." All right, I want to. I want to say that. I want to say that. But then, uh, you know, the next game they went to, they had a special watch party watching the Lightning and uh, the Lightning and the Stars. And uh, they were, you know, they got to go and they got to yell as loud as they wanted to. And then they came home. That was the next night, right? Game four. And the Lightning had won. They were up three games to one. Obviously, the Lightning lost the other night, so it's three to two. And they play tonight. Those of you listening live on the 28th of September, 2020. And so they could still win the Stanley Cup tonight or it goes to a Wednesday uh, win or lose. That's it. Uh, game. But uh, it, that's it. If they, Dallas loses tonight, Tampa Bay is the you know Stanley Cup champions. Anyway, uh, so then my man Garnett gets home with his partner. And I don't know if it's his partner or they're just roommates at this uh, <laughs> at this apartment complex. And that's the problem too, right? They live in an apartment complex. It's not like they're living in a house. And uh, so they get home after that game, and they're all they're all excited because Tampa Bay had won, and they you know they obviously the game before got all wound up during the game because the police came and. They realized that it wasn't. They weren't trying to, you know, shoot anyone. They were hollering at the hockey game. 
right? And so they get home from the hockey game, and this was what happened. Guys, 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 guys. We found out it was them right there. It's the neighbor's apartment. They left us beer. What's it say? Sorry about Wednesday night, LOL. I grew up around a lot of domestic violence, and I legitimately thought someone was going to get shot. Good luck to the Lightning. I will be watching the NBA Finals, LOL. Caesar and Christine. Let's go. Caesar and Christine, thank you guys so much. Oh, my God. This night couldn't get any better, man. Go Bolts. Go Bolts. Amen. Now, see, I want to be mad, but I didn't. I took a deep breath, and I went. I took the good road. I'm not going to be mad at the neighbor for calling the police because he was genuinely concerned over hearing someone hollering, shoot, shoot. I question that, but okay. All right. And they made up for it. They left beer and now they're all friends. So it's a good story. Smile and like it. Okay. That's right. Smile and like it. Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink as it is anyway. Good or bad story. Oh my gosh, did that sound good. I bet you it's going to taste as good too. (sighs) Yep. So what do you do if you're Tom Cruise and you're bored? And you just, you know, you've made gigantic movies. You've made a small fortune, a large fortune that you'll never be able to spend and your children will never be able to spend. And uh, you're a superstar and you can't travel anything on the planet without being recognized. Well, you go into space. That's right. You film in space. According to this now, Tom is going to next year in October... Uh, Tom, 58-year-old actor. Wow, he's 58 now. He looks so old. Uh, he's going to go up with uh, director Doug Lehman, the Born Identity director, as part of Elon Musk's Axiom SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule. And together they're going to head to the ISS and begin production on the first major movie ever shot in space. Wow. So there you have it. If you're Tom Cruise and you're bored, what do you do? Well, you go into space and you shoot your film in space. Nobody's commenting about it yet. It's been confirmed that it's going to happen, but NASA, you know, hasn't responded. And of course, what are you going to say no to Tom Cruise? Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, They were, they've confirmed that uh, he was angling to go into space. But they haven't confirmed that he was going. NASA hasn't confirmed. Now, according to this, on the Space Shuttle Almanac, they tweeted last week that uh, Cruz would lead the first movie filmed in outer space on the ISS. All right. So uh, it looks like it's a done deal. Uh, You know, if Elon says yes, uh, everybody on the ISS, of course, wants Tom up there filming. So NASA, what are they going to say? No. Uh, Of course they're going to say yes. And of course they're going to be happy to work with Tom. So, there you go. 
And apparently, oh, here we go. They did. They have acknowledged. The head of NASA did. That originally in the story, it talked about how they haven't uh, confirmed it. But yeah, uh, Bernstein has confirmed it. And he said, uh, we're excited to work with Tom Cruise on a film aboard the space station. <laughs> okay, we need popular media to inspire a new generation of engineers and scientists to make NASA's ambitious plans a reality, which means... Hey, we're hurting for engineers and scientists, so stop doing the Benadryl challenge on TikTok and learn how to put numbers together so that you can come work for us, please. So a lot of animal news today. Um, We can get started with baboons in South Africa. Apparently, uh, Kataza, the baboon, already has a lengthy rap sheet in Cape Town. So he has organized a band of other baboons. There's about 15 of them. Now, so there's about 500, according to the story, baboons uh, in the uh, outer mountainous areas of Cape Town. And these 15 come into town and raid, uh, raid the trash bins and raid people's houses. Now, it doesn't say that they raided the houses so much. I don't know that they actually go inside the houses, although it's possible that they do but they look for food knock over trash cans they're stealing fruit and vegetables from gardens and so you know they get in trouble now you'd think what could happen now this one according to the story uh the city has their baboon technical team the btt wildlife rangers they chase the baboons away from the neighborhoods and they shoot paintball guns at them and they send them to jail. This one, uh, you know, they go to baboon jail, I guess. And even the local jail has a, a sighting where the baboon climbs over the fence and sleeps at night. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, they go away. But it also says that the persistently troubled primates that they have are sometimes euthanized. Uh, those baboons start coming into my yard. You will not have to euthanize them because yeah oh it was that was that a baboons taking my garden not anymore okay baboon is gone have a nice day and if you just bury it out back nobody knows what happened to the baboon kataza i don't know i don't know what was that noise i heard last night huh i don't know you tell me. And of course, we have, uh, we'll move on to more animal stories. The census cowboy, everybody was wound up. Remember, I told you it was him that uh, uh, actually had the big, uh, big chase in Chicago. And now everybody was mad at him because he rode the horse and he didn't have the right shoes on and his feet were bloody and the horse was out of breath and they brought collapsed to the ground according to stories so everybody was all mad at him that he they were going to have to put the horse down well now they don't have to put the horse down i guess the horse is doing better i don't know if if the horse is going to be damaged forever because of it probably he was arrested and charged with one count of aggravated animal cruelty which is a class 4 felony He's also charged with misdemeanors, including reckless conduct, 
disobeying a police officer, criminal trespass to state-supported property, obstruction of traffic, operating a non-highway vehicle on a highway. I mean, if you've got a horse, how are you supposed to get around? Those are some pretty crappy charges. The animal cruelty charge I'll give you. The others, come on. Or no horses on the highway, so... State-supported property, that's criminal trespass. You're obstructing traffic and operating on a non-highway vehicle on a highway. So, okay, thank you. Sorry, officer. Appreciate it. No problem. We got it. I get it. Oh, and did you see uh, Tiger King, Carol Baskin? Around animals, okay? So, they, she's just, they just keep hammering her. Uh, they cannot... I know. No, get... She's in trouble. And, you know, especially after the Dancing with Stars thing and, you know, the Tiger King thing. And they won't, they won't let it go. Her former husband, they won't let her go. They still want to, you know, believe that she killed him. And so, according to this story, dogs are smelling human remains at Carol Baskin's missing husband's lake house. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, there's a new documentary that I think started yesterday, right on Discovery. Ah, why didn't I watch it? Uh, Called uh, Tigers, Lies, and Cover-Ups. Cadaver dogs trained to detect human remains that allegedly picked up a scent of remains. Now, I look, this is his lake house in Brandon, Florida, which is still Tampa Bay. I looked at a couple of the pictures, and it looked like the dogs were out on the lake away from the house. So, I don't know, you know, they could dogs smell at the top of the water that there's a body at the bottom of the water? I don't know. I mean, are they smelling tiger poop after the tiger ate the human? Uh, I, I don't know. Did the tiger bite some human and, and then, you know, pooped out the human bite and now that's what the dogs smell? Good luck. Good luck. God bless, Carol. I hope you and your little whole tiger thing that you got going on in Tampa continues on because you've made a lot of money and you've cared so much for the animals. I know. I know. So it's okay. I know. Don't, don't come after me. Don't come after me. You Carol Baskin, big cat rescue people. It's just joking around. Okay. I got it. You take care of the animals. Love you for it. No, really. I mean it. And a zookeeper mauled in Madrid. So by a gorilla. Uh, that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> just, uh, just a thought from me. It doesn't sound like fun. So Malabo, M-A-L-A-B-O, the gorilla, uh, is a little wound up. He got a little, little, little wound up at the zoo. So apparently this 46-year-old woman, I mean, the she got attacked. She got a head injury, chest trauma, multiple fractures, two broken arms. The gorilla broke through three doors to attack the keeper. Now, this keeper had raised this gorilla since birth. I think that's where we need to just remember that these are actually still wild animals. Now, there were safety doors, safety protocols in place. They don't know how the gorilla broke through the three doors to get into the place where the her keeper was. So apparently, 
The keeper uh, accessed the indoor facilities for the usual breakfast routine, cleaning and preparing the facilities. Upon entering a secure area with a triple door, there was Malabo saying, uh, hey, what's going on? How you doing? I've been waiting for you. They don't know how he got in there. Uh, he's in an area that he wasn't supposed to be in. But the zookeeper was injured because of it. So whatever she did to piss Malabo off, uh, don't do it. And it doesn't say if anything, uh, you know, like if they put the gorilla down. But uh, it's very possible. I mean, the gorilla facilities are closed today. And uh, you just never know what might take place at the zoo once the facilities are closed. And I'm just saying it's possible. And just a reminder, Fat Bear Week starts on Wednesday, Wednesday voting. So follow me on Twitter, uh, at JeffyMRA. Uh, Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, Instagram, and Parlor, Jeff Fisher Radio. And I will uh, send out the brackets for Fat Bear Week that uh, is up in Katmai uh, Park in Alaska. I'm hoping to have uh, one of the rangers come on Chewing the Fat and talk a little bit about Fat Bear Week. and uh, Which is another reason why you should subscribe to the podcast. Duh. Um, I don't care what platform you use. All right, it's available on all platforms. So you can choose iTunes, you can choose iHeartRadio, you can choose Stitcher, you can choose Spotify, or whatever one warms the inside of your body. Just subscribe, and then your life will be better. It's just that simple. Subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Your life gets better. It's darn near guaranteed. All right, I'll tell you another thing that's guaranteed. Ellen's days are numbered. All right, and I'll tell you two headlines that uh, and two stories that prove my point that Ellen is done and Drew Barrymore is the next one they want to be a star. All right, so Ellen is selling off some artwork and big deal. She's selling some uh, some some of her art, but it's these this flock of sheep that's done by artist uh oh what's the artist's name uh it's like they're expensive they just got like a flock of sheep that's priced between five hundred thousand and a million dollars each for these sculptures <laughs> there's one picture i see of people looking at the flock of sheep and i'm thinking well yeah that's kind of cute but i don't know why i'm paying all this money for it but it's okay. It's from French designer Francois Xavier Lelan. Francois Xavier Lelan. Uh, and the sculptures are among a handful of notable works in her collection to pop up at Southby's Gallery. So, and of course, it's the embroiled in controversy over allegations of toxic environment, the embattled talk show host. I mean, it can't be just Ellen selling off some art. Uh, she a little cash getting a little concerned over some possible lawsuits, but okay. So that story is dated. What day? Let's scroll back up to the top of the story. It's dated September 23rd. Well, let's go to the next, uh, headline that I see. 
dated wow this is dated uh like a few days before the 23rd amazing uh drew barrymore's talk show is so weird it's almost hypnotic <laughs> oh okay no problem so there have been two major takeaways from the Drew Barrymore show according to the story the syndicated talk show launched this week oh it's the first week story okay so it's I mean they're just hawking this show right and uh she sometimes acts in ways that are tremendously weird and then asked to talk into a camera by herself and she's of Hollywood royalty and she's got a lot of cool and famous friends and so thus the headline so weird it's almost hypnotic tell me again how Ellen is not going to uh, go away and Drew Mary Moore is taking her place yeah that's what I thought you can't and then there's the the other headline on the Drew Barrymore uh, show which took place uh this past week, this weekend, she emotionally declares love for ex-husband as they reunite on her talk show. Isn't that special? Tom Green endured an emotional reunion as they joined each other for Hollywood Star's talk show. Yes, the pair first started to date back. I don't know the whole story, but they just are in love, in love with Drew. And Ellen, bye-bye. Have a nice day. Speaking of somebody that uh, went uh, bye-bye and is back, don't forget, this week, Shep Smith, back on TV. Remember we told you after he left Fox, he signed his deal with uh, CNBC, and now he's back on, and it's just the news. He says, we're going to come out and do just the news. We're not planning to do any analysis in our news hour. We're going to have journalists, reporters, sound and video. We're going to have newsmakers and experts. No pundits. We'll leave the opinion to others. Okay, good. I mean, I, li- I like the way that sounds, if that's true. It's possible he could pull it off. And he's going to work out a new studios that they built for him in the New Jersey headquarters of CNBC. Said they kept three crews working 24 hours a day for eight weeks building the new studio. So... It might be cool. I mean, his last set at Fox was great. It was really cool at Fox. So we'll see, you know, what he has to do with the new set on CNBC. So it could be worth it. All right. Starts Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Wednesday, which is, uh, you know, the, uh, what is that? The 30th, the day after the supposed debate between Joe Biden and President Donald Trump. We'll see if it happens. I didn't think it would. I know I'm just I'm veering off into politics just a tad, but I still, I think it's possible that the debate doesn't happen. But now it looks as though, I mean, it's going to happen, right? Tomorrow night, for those of you listening on the 28th of September, looks as though it's going to happen. I fear, I fear that we're underestimating Joe Biden now. Okay. So I fear that he is, he's got new medicine, he's got new meds. He's uh, he's good to go. He's looked kind of good the last couple of days. I mean, he's still Joe Biden. When you look at those past clips that they release, and then you look at him today, wow, what a difference. How the mighty have fallen. But I don't know. Maybe he doesn't see it. I don't know. He took a beating for the 180 years ago. 
You know, it was a joke when he talked about, hey, well, when I got took this 180 years ago, <laughs> it was a joke, except that the problem is everyone thinks you're really, really old already, Joe. So the point of you joking around about being really old isn't that funny. And it gives people the idea that it's even more years you've been in office that you did nothing. But I digress. And, you know, the whole fight against Trump going to be full of lies. We'll see how it works out. I don't know. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens. My worry is, is that we're underestimating Joe. And I think that Trump needs to be less attack and more fact. I think you can quote me on that right there. That's the debate cue for Donald Trump. Less attack, more fact. You're welcome. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. All right. I talked uh, last week about uh, having a Chewing the Fat app. And uh, I got one. Uh, I got more than one, but one that I really kind of liked for the, uh, the name of the uh, Chewing the Fat app. Call it Heavy Appetizer. <laughs> no, get it? So what I'm saying is. The Chewing the Fat app would be heavy appetizer. Get what I'm, what I'm trying to say? Heavy appetizer. Anyway, so did you see? I, okay, this is something I didn't know, and I've, I've, I feel I feel dumb. Okay, I feel dumb not knowing this. And if you're, you're going to look at me and go, "Well, duh, where you been?" But I didn't realize that there was a whole big chamber underneath the Lincoln Memorial. I know. See, there you go. I knew if I said it out loud, you were going to say, well, you're an idiot. And I'm like, yep, I know. I know I am. But it's a 43,800 square feet. Massive room underneath the Lincoln Memorial. It's like a basement. All right. And it was, it was empty for years. Just the rats and bugs knew about it. I know. <laughs> I know. So construction started on the Lincoln Memorial back in 1914. All right. So it took 40 years for the Army Corps of Engineers just to create the shoreline that serves as the attraction's backdrop. It's got the 40-foot columns. And first... They dig 40 feet down into the earth in order to support the rest of the structure, so they had to install a series of these pillars. Okay? So it was a cathedral of, it, of its own. They Then they proceeded with the 19-foot statue and the 145 steps leading up to it, and it just... They just forgot about the giant open room underneath that was built first. Oh, okay. No problem. So they opened it up and people, you were able to see it, I guess, in the 70s and 80s before they shut it down. Uh, it's, it's officially, I guess it's called the Undercroft. But, uh, you know, I guess now it's dangerous, you know, air quality and, you know, we can't have asbestos and heaven forbid somebody, you know, sneezes while they're underneath there. So in 1989, the Undercroft was shuttered to the public. I... I am so mad at myself for not knowing that existed. And maybe, maybe I did and I just don't remember. 
but I, I did not remember that that existed underneath the Lincoln Memorial. So anyway, if you, like me, didn't know that that existed, now you do. But if you also, like me, knew that it wasn't there, <laughs> I guess, look, they're planning to open the Undercroft next year. I don't know if it got slowed down because of COVID. Apparently, billionaire philanthropist David Rubenstein has invested 18 billion bucks to modernize the Lincoln Memorial, including the Undercroft space. Okay. Uh, David, what I'd like to remind you is that perhaps you could, you know, invest a little bit of that $18.5 billion on chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. And then, you know, of course we want to, we want the rest to go to the undercroft, but you know, a little bit, shoot a little bit over this way, Dave, what do you think? Anyway, So, okay. (laughs) If if they didn't get slowed down from COVID, it's going to open back up next year for the Lincoln Memorial Centennial, right? Cause it was 1922 when it opened and they want to have, you know, the Centennial in 2022 get, Get how that works? Centennial, 100 years, you know, celebrate like a memorial. Party. So anyway, there you have it. And so you can go and celebrate and still go into the Undercroft. And when you know about it, you'll say, hey, I heard about that on Chewing the Fat. Okay, so as the pandemic, the lockdown, I mean, we're still forcing hundreds of thousands of small businesses and restaurants to close down. We got the news that Sizzler is filing for chapter 11. Don't laugh. I don't know what you're laughing at. All right. Sizzler filed for voluntary chapter 11 protection. It's not funny. It's a famous steakhouse and they've filed for chapter 11. So, I mean, they've got 107 locations across 10 states, including Puerto Rico. And they have 485 employees. It seems like Sizzler used to be bigger. When were they When were they so much bigger? Okay, yeah. Back in the 80s and, and 90s. It started in 1958. I mean, we'll give you the whole <laughs> Dell's Sizzler family steakhouse story. But in the late 70s and early 80s, yeah, they were the... Big steak combination steak dinners with an optional salad bar. And then remember back in the mid-80s when they had the competition with Ponderosa and Bonanza steakhouses? Yeah, baby. But they tra- they filed for Chapter 11 one other time in 1996. Closed 130 stores. This says they still have 270 stores. This story says 107. So, Sizzler, I don't know who you're trying to fool. I don't know if you're trying to pull a, you know, a Trump tax evasion thing. He wasn't evading taxes, by the way. Uh, They're just saying that he only paid uh, very little in personal income tax. The horror of someone not paying $8 billion in taxes. I can't take it. Most of America is saying good for him, but I digress. Anyway, so uh, they're down to 107 stores, according to this, in 10 states, including Puerto Rico, and they filed for Chapter 11, good luck, God bless. I mean, we have J.C. Penney, Brooks Brothers, Neiman Marcus, Tuesday Morning, Taylor Brands, GNSA, Lord & Taylor's, J. Crew. All these stores are filing for Chapter 11 and closing down. Well, 
we talked about all these restaurants in New York. Holy cow. I mean, and uh, the Yelp reviews saying that uh, 60%, maybe it was even more, of the restaurants were going to be closed permanently. Well, then you see stories about a lady who said, now's a good time to start one, right? And that's, that's what you hope for. That, yes, many of these businesses are closing down, but they will reopen in another form, another shape, another fashion. And that's, you know, they do the story on the the young uh, 22-year-old who said she opened a bakery and a coffee house on September 12th. She named it after her grandmother, and, you know, it's been a busy day ever since. Well, yeah, but that's the deal, right? Is that uh, people are going to start, while all these businesses are closing, other businesses are going to take their place. Might be in a different shape, different form, different fashion, but there will be businesses taking the places. I don't know if you're going to fill up every strip mall that's shut down now, or if they're going to move back to New York or not. I don't know, but we do know that some of it will be replaced, and now's a good time to do that. Now more than ever, if you're able to do it, why not do it? And then you're able to, uh, you know, you're your own boss. And that's the whole point of having your own business, right? And a couple of quick headlines to uh, get you through. And then I've got a joke for you. I'll leave you with a joke today, okay? It's the first of the week. We'll leave the show with a joke. But don't forget, you've got uh, the uh, confirmation hearings of Amy Coney Barrett coming up for Supreme Court justice. That should take place, I don't know, sometime in the next 80 years It was such an important thing that we had to get to it. And now you see why people hate the government. Trump's trying to get this thing done and get it through. And you have everybody holding it off. I'll get to it in the middle of the month. And then by the time we get done, it'll be, you know, well, we're going to, you know, we'll try to make it before the election. That was the point of doing it now. It's just incredible. The, The slow motion the slow wheels of justice and then yesterday if you watched uh, the nfl yesterday was a historic day in the nfl if you didn't watch and even if you didn't watch if you don't watch it anymore it still was a historic day all right so you had a female coach you had the uh, you had the washington cleveland game the washington football team and the cleveland browns game it was the first time you had uh, two female coaches each team has a female coach not a head coach by the way (laughs) but uh, two you know assistant coaches and all right there was a referee one of the one of the referees was a female so uh, one of the officials it was the head referee just one of the officials but so you had two female you had a coach on each team and a female official so historic day in the NFL. Yay. Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations. All I know is Colin Kaepernick still doesn't have a job. <laughs> and I'll leave you with the joke of the day. All right. All right. Here we go. Just so everybody gets their props. Yes, I saw this on a social media account. Yes, I know, Lily, it was you that posted it. I don't know where it came from. I thought it was funny. I want to share it. A teacher asked his students to share what their kids do for a living. Little Johnny said, my dad's a stripper at a gay club and turns tricks in the alley to earn extra money. (laughs) After class, the teacher pulled him aside and said, Johnny, is your dad really a stripper at a gay club? 
Little Johnny said, no, he's a reporter for CNN, but I was too embarrassed to say that. Good day. Good day.